You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name's Jeff and I am not the host today. Uh, joining me in the studio is the usual cohort, uh, Neil, Matt, and Ken. How are you guys doing today? Hey, what's up? Doing good. Doing fantastic. It's a Monday night evening edition of Triviality. I'm glad we were able to start the show on take three. It's kind of like one of those, uh, you know, those uh, train cars that you pump. With your arms. Those are right. called Gandhi dancers. Gandhi dancers. <laughs> it's hard to get them started, but once you're going, they're What's hard to the, stop. I was part of a dance group called the Gandhi dancers in high school. So, um, well, your your three takes reminded me of President Bartlett on the West Wing uh, during his radio address. It's true. Yeah, you, you've really been digging into West Wing lately, haven't you? Well, let's take a walk, and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Um, Neil's late to the game on that one, but a huge Sorkin fan, so. Uh, but yes, none of us are the host today because someone that you may recognize from our recent blood sports series, uh, because he took home the championship there. Dustin Resch is our host tonight. So welcome, Justin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, fellas? Good. What have you been up to since you uh, took the crown? I was going to say had to wipe all that blood off yourself. I've just been breaking backs, throwing chalk, <laughs> kicking cranes. Which apparently is not how you're supposed to do it. I just keep breaking my foot. <laughs> and, and based on your background, making some more artwork. That's true. I've uh, got a children's book creator conference coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm frantically working on children's book art, which is not what's behind me. But uh, I'm really trying hard to get agents and publishers interested in the in the stuff I'm doing. Very cool. And how did you uh, start spending the million-dollar prize from Bloodsport? <laughs> uh, just on, like, pants that won't rip when i do the splits cool that's a good <laughs> yeah. investment yeah basically when you're yeah. tied up between two trees and it's just continually pulled until your your legs split these are very specific references for anyone who hasn't seen blood sport yeah john Cobb van damme does the splits a lot i mm-hmm. think that's a pretty good pop culture trope even if you haven't mm-hmm. seen the film but i figure he shops for pants the same way the hulk does like they have to stretch <laughs> and then rip attractively well welcome back to the show we're, we're glad to have you back yeah, and just to mention uh, another reference for everyone here, uh, to quote Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec, Dustin is also a champion. <laughs> He's our NXT champion and Patreon support, so oh, thank you for supporting us. I he was the champion of death. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm in, I'm in favor of that, too. Given the fact that uh, Neil's been watching the West Wing, I think we're going to team up um, against Matt and Jeff here. What, what was our team name? Uh, all credit goes to Matt on this one. Uh, I'm a huge psych fan, and uh, Matt had mentioned uh, Dule Hill, who uh, plays Charlie on the show, the president's body man, and uh, we're going to be House of Dule Hill. Or on Dule Hill. Or House, House on Dule Hill. It's not a Game of Thrones that makes reference. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I believe they call us the Jackals. So, so they call us the Jackals. Correct is, is the full team. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's toss it over to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple: twenty questions split into two rounds, worth ten points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. I am the cream. When the rules guy speaks, nobody sits. That's correct. Is that fair? <laughs> that's that's a good reference there. All I, right. I don't understand the reference. <laughs> so, Dustin, what do you have in store for us today? I heard it was a very special game. It is a very special game. So, I uh, I really enjoy the games that Ryan Clefcorn Myers has been hosting for you guys. And he had the, the string of the butt-themed games going on. And I was teasing him one day that, you know, I, I think the idea is great. And the way he was writing the categories was cute. But that uh, he really could use some more stamina and try to do the whole game that way. And I kind of challenged him to write a whole butt-themed episode, and he said, why don't you do it? <laughs> so I've, I've never written or hosted a game of trivia in my life, uh, but I put together this set of extremely themed questions. <laughs> and uh, Bless sorry? you. All butts. Bless you, sir. Yes. <laughs> Nothing butts. Mm-hmm. Nothing but butts. No ifs and or ands, right? Is that how this works? That's right. Just the butts. So for the first round, number one, uh, it's a question about, oh my God. Tetragrammaton is from the Greek, meaning four letters. Specifically, it's often, most often used to refer to which four letters that appear throughout the Old Testament as a reference to the man upstairs. In the Old Testament. Uh, just give me a moment. I'm more of a New Testament scholar myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I only read things after people have woken up. I'm not a big, mm. like, you know, pre... Yeah. Neil's just not a fire and brimstone guy. He's more right. like, you know what? we got to love each other. That's, yeah, exactly. As a narcissist, I only read the book of Matthew. Less <laughs> bored me. <laughs> <laughs> what we found in playtesting that I maybe opened up with the hardest question in the whole quiz, but uh, you'll, you'll see why it was important in a bit. Okay. I can't really think of any that are four letters. Um, maybe you just want to go with Amen. Sure. All right. Do you have any ideas? An abbreviation of some sort, because it's it's often I am who am, and I was trying to figure out if that if it was like a four letter word or it could right. be an abbreviation of some sort. I don't know. Well, yeah. What are you thinking on this one? I'm just, let's just lock in with holy. Okay. And we are sticking with amen. Okay. Uh, so this specifically, the the best way to think about this would be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when they're <laughs> stepping on the. <laughs> <laughs> shaking his head. Um, I saw that. That was a good eye roll. Uh, so the specific letters are either YHWH or YHVH for Yahweh, Yehovah. I didn't know if you could spell that in four letters, so I was thinking that was like six or whatever. Yeah, so same. What was the uh, the final spelling? YHWH or YHVH, depending on how you're transliterate. Awesome. 
the, yeah, it's it's kind of it, when you write it out, it kind of looks familiar. So, well, I definitely knew Yahweh. I just thought it was six letters. Yeah, so step on the right stones. Typically, I, I believe that they uh, avoided saying his full name. That it, it was a transgression, so they used the abbreviation. I don't know. It's all a bunch of Old Testament stuff. Oh, that's fair. Makes you sense. know, like Voldemort. <laughs> no, right. no, just take, not like Voldemort. You, you can't take his name in vain if you don't say his name. That would make sense. Okay. Hmm. All right. Question two. <laughs> let's let's move past that one. Yeah, we started on a happy note. Question two is a question about Becky. On the original show Roseanne, the eldest daughter Becky was played by Alicia Goranson, but was mysteriously replaced for several seasons by which actress who went on to wear a fine set of scrubs? Yeah, we're in. Okay. Yep. Scrubs. So probably... Uh, Don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> so in this scenario, we do, I believe. <laughs> uh, you want one scrub. Yeah. Would Sarah Chalk have been on Roseanne? I have no She'd idea. She'd have been about the right age, I think, for that. Okay. Who And, and who, who she, is she? She was on Scrubs. <laughs> oh, on Scrubs. Perfect. <laughs> I was thinking maybe someone from like Grey's Anatomy or... No, it could be. Catherine Hagel? No, not Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> the main gray. Well, I'm going to let you say a name and just lock in with it because I'm not going to be helpful here. Uh, well, let's go with uh, my initial gut reaction, Sarah Chalk. Yeah, we'll go Chalk on this one. Uh, that's unfortunate. It is It is Sarah Chalk. <laughs> I don't know why that's unfortunate, Neil. It's unfortunate for us. I told you I've been throwing Chalk ever since that Bloodsport tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, nice job. It is Sarah Chalk. Absolutely correct. Also, of how I met your mother, fame. It's a Nicki Minaj song, right? It turns out there's more verses than there are in the Nicki Minaj song. Come on, man, I'm I'm queuing you up for the next category. I need to actually take the beat and flow with it. Is what you're saying, man? Did you pick the wrong guy for this? However, three is a question about rap guys. Flavor Flav, Chuck D, and Terminator X were the core of the influential Public Enemy. They had an early rap rock crossover called Bring the Noise with which New York City heavy metal band? We're, we're locked in. Okay, so we're between Anthrax and Pantera. Um, and I think, I remember, I know the song because it's, it's Chuck D and he goes like, here we go again. And then it's yeah. got like these really... Turn it up. Yeah. Bring and the noise. I think... And it's kind of like a thrash. In fact, thr- I think it was on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 soundtrack, now that I think about it. And it's more of like a thrash-type song, which is kind of more anthrax. That feels kind of anthraxy if it's thrash. But yeah. I I can't get it out that it's Pantera, so you just want to lock in with Pantera? Yeah, unfortunately, this is a gap in my metal knowledge, which is sad. Okay, we're locked in with Pantera. Well, uh, we didn't go that heavy. Uh, we went with Quiet Riot. Uh, so Pantera is a Dallas area heavy metal band, and quite right, I th- think you guys were right that they are British. It was Anthrax, um, and I saw the tour with Public Enemy and Anthrax. Then again, I, I saw the Cowboys from Hell tour with Pantera back then too, when all of you guys were toddling around in diapers and stuff. <laughs> who's the Who's the front man from Pantera? You're thinking of Scott uh, Ian, who's the bass player. And the one with the crazy beard and the... The raccoon-striped beard? Yes. yes. Yeah. And That's... Dimebag Daryl was Pantera, right? Is that? Yeah, Phil Anselmo was the singer. Dimebag Daryl was the guitarist. Okay. We brought down both those names. Didn't help. It is Anthrax, yeah. I didn't realize they were, they've been around that long. Oh, Anthrax? yeah. yeah. Longer, yeah. Than, longer than Pantera, for sure. Four is a question about girlfriends. 
I've been married to the wonderful Brooke, who is totally not standing behind me with a baseball bat for over 20 years now. <laughs> nice job, sir. I also have many female friends, fellow artists and writers, and just buddies. The term for that kind of non-romantic relationship is named for which philosopher who outlined the concept in his dialogue, The Symposium? Oh. We're in. Yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> Platonic. Plato. Yeah. You're telling me you didn't have to spend $100,000 to learn that? <laughs> I'm going to go with Plato. Yes, writer of many dialogues and The Symposium. We said Plato, Platonic love. You did, and that's that's not any dumber than the $100,000 I spent to learn how to draw children's cartoons. <laughs> and Jeff, I love you platonically. I also learned about the ontological imperative, so, you know, we're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just met all you guys, but I love you all platonically, too. <laughs> Thanks, man. So number five is a question about big butts. Finally. Which I know, I know you've all been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> a sponsor of I Love Lucy back when they were allowed to advertise on television... What is the name of the vast tobacco conglomerate responsible for brands such as Marlboro, Virginia Slims, Parliament, and Chesterfield? I believe we're in. Yeah, it's that Philip Morris. Philip Morris. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah. Okay. We're in. We are as well. We said Philip Morris. You are all correct. Sweet. Mm. Or so I think through all the emphysemic coughing we were all doing. I love you, Philip Morris. I just wanted to get it on the it's record good movie. Yep. Thank right you for now smoking. that I made up a philosophical concept just to see if anybody would call me out on it. So, Which one? Well, philosophically, I did not comment on it because philosophically, I wanted to see if you would think that I would yeah. respond to that. I combined the categorical imperative with the ontological argument just to see if anybody <laughs> would call me out. So, Jeff, you old dog. I only spent 40000 on my degree. <laughs> that was a philosophical burn. I, I think that you did not come up with a the concept, therefore you did not. <laughs> what a quandary I just wanted those clicks on Facebook <laughs> Six is a question about other brothers Marvel's Chris and Hunger Games Liam Have another brother named Luke Who appears on what current HBO drama We're locked in Okay So we got some HBO dramas We're looking at your, your games is of thrones He's not in the game of thrones Okay and then you also have The rest Uh, I've never gotten a chance to say this before But we have the same manager Oh, So I know what show he's on (laughs) Is that why? (laughs) Manager drop You have the same manager as the third brother As Luke Hemsworth? As as all three brothers Oh wow Do you have Kieran Culkin too? No, he's my private manager Oh, fair enough Um, So HBO Do you know the What's the one with... um, Reese Witherspoon, Shailene Woodley, and Nicole Kidman. No, not no. What about uh, True Detective? Uh, I don't believe she was in either of those. I'm just, I just naming shows that I know exist. I don't think he was in either of those. No. Uh, sure about that? Yes, I'm fairly positive. Okay. Maybe want to rethink that. Is that though. show where all the racehorses died still on? <laughs> Which one was that? <laughs> I forget what the name was. See, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, that was a. I think that was a David Milch show yeah. after he did Deadwood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Deadwood. I know what you're talking about. Bunch of horses died. Canceled the show. So it's probably not still on. It's not Carnival. Okay. Because you can go to hell. So let's keep. Let's stop naming things that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just one of the current ones. I just can't remember what let's, the current let's lineup say is. HBO Real Sports. Done. 
Okay. <laughs> Reluctant. <laughs> what's what's the what's the one they do in the locker rooms every year? Uh, uh, hard knocks. Hard knocks. Yeah. yeah fine. Hard knocks. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, we're in with HBO's second most popular show, Westworld. Oh, I know what that. No, is. I'm sorry. The correct answer was Real Sports with Brian Gumble Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely Westworld. He's the, uh, I believe, older and uh, shorter and, you know, regular mm-hmm. ass brother. That's okay. Yeah. So seven is a question about itty bitty wastes, whalebone, metal, and ivory are among the materials historically used to construct what body contorting device? We're good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I know my fashion. Oh, they're locked in. So yeah, I, I wrote down corset because I'm thinking of uh, body modifying. It is body constricting. Yeah. What else would constrict your body, really? Nothing. I can't think Ball of anything. Maybe anacondas. They're <laughs> um, like saying the, that's in the, like, sewn into the fabric? I, I guess it could be the frame. Uh, like originally right we're in with a corset they definitely have a frame um they definitely used whale bones in early construction of corsets why do you know so much about corsets comes up a lot i swear to god i watched like a documentary (laughs) on it because people used to just faint that's why they had like fainting couches Mm because they were so dangerous dustin are we correct you are correct although now i wish they used anacondas in those that seems like genius it's the anaconda vice yeah it's wearing a corset right now yeah got a How's that working? I could use something the like audio that. Podcast. So it turns out Matt's six feet without the corset, but the corset shoots him up to seven. That's yeah. how he gets that height in. Just yeah. space between the vertebrae? That's pretty Just cool. squeezes him up. Can we get a quick uh, score recap before we move on here? We've got 50 points. Yep. What are you guys I pulling don't think here? we have 40. You're the one holding the scorecard. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So it's 50 to 40. Okay. So on to question eight. A question about round things in your face. Uh-huh. This one is hilarious. What is the medical term for the gel substance that fills the majority of the human eyeball behind the major sensory structures? Mm, gross. Yeah, I don't like eye stuff. Fun God. fact. Oh, that's... I, um, I was just at the eye doctor, and this isn't going to help anyone, but I was asking him about like the little... Um, Little things you can see sometimes that like feel like they're floating. The floaters, yeah. Yeah. The and the floaters are in this protein-based section of your eye, I believe, is what he said. He's like mm-hmm. everyone has protein in that part, and then that's what you, you get those little things. Yeah. So what happens is cells break off from the interior lining, and then usually you can see them against like a white background, and then they get just enough into the focal length between um, the fova and the retina, and you can see them. And what what area are they in? I didn't give you what the oh, middle okay. is. <laughs> do you, do you, are we locked in? Do you know this? This feels like one of those things where you don't know the answer, so you say a lot of stuff about it, so you seem like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't that sometimes help him get to the answer? Sometimes. No. Let's just, lock he, in with uh, the goo. The goo. What do you? How do you feel about Corsica? Isn't that a place? I think I'm saying it because we said corset so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking of Corsica in Italy. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is in Italy. It's lovely <laughs> this time of year. Hmm. It's Napoleon not, was Corsican. Oh, okay. That's where I'm getting from then. Okay. But we can go with the Corsica. Okay, the Corsica. All right. Jeffrey? I'm really bad with names, which is why I'm really great on a trivia show. But <laughs> this is a, it's like, like a, it's like a membrane kind of thing. It right? is, yeah. I just, again, with the eye thing. I was going to go with the, uh, the Ipris Hill. Mm. Insane yes. of the membrane. Yeah. I was thinking that. That's not bad. Okay. Ipris Hill. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, the the dumb clue in that one was about this is hilarious. It's the vitreous humor ah, is the goo humor. in your eye. Man, have you heard that before, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Okay, and not we heard it before. Different from I'm more interested in like the lens aspect of eyes than oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about anything behind the sensory structures at all. Yeah, I asked my sister, who's like a surgical coordinator for an eye surgeon, for a round things in your face question, and she was given the most obscure like clinical stuff and. I thought this one was much kinder, but it still uh, has been confounding <laughs> it, everyone. It was much kinder. Yes, that's okay. We're still on a good trajectory. Yeah, we're we're half right. We so like it's all we can ask for. There yeah. you go. It is it is gooey, so goo is half right. <laughs> Nine is a question about taking your picture. Made by exposing silvered copper plates to light. What is the name of the first commercially successful photographic process named for the monsieur who developed it around 1839? This this one's bothersome because I've heard it pretty recently. Yeah, and I know I know this. Um, it's just one of the things that you don't pay attention to what they're saying. Yeah. Like when I see it, when I see people doing it, I understand it. I know what they're doing, but mm-hmm. I I never remember the name. What do you think of an L name? Like, well, it's not Lumiere. I don't believe no. that would be the film guys. You got anything? I was pretty sure Polaroid was later, and that that had to do more with the the instant, um, yeah, print. Um, developments yeah the way that this method works is it's kind of it's all chemical based right to develop it's also yeah it's also partially electrostatic Mm. um so tesla (laughs) sure why not (laughs) you're liking with tesla yeah sure um so yeah uh, polaroid uh eastman kodak or you know all that stuff uh lumiere we we talked about but uh i I put we put edison because i feel like he invented a camera i'm not sure if it was this one this would have been pretty early for him. This was uh, Louis Daguerre. So daguerreotype oh, is the word oh, that you were all yeah. yep. dancing around, named for the monsieur. Daguerreotype. Mm-hmm. I think uh, hopefully we'll get into some more comfortable territory here soon. Uh, ten is a question about turbo vets. <laughs> Chevrolet introduced the Corvette in 1953. The sports car underwent a major design evolution in the early 1960s. What was the unique feature that distinguished the 1963 Fastback model from all the others? I, I know it. Okay. Pretty sure. I, I'm almost sure because it, yeah. You trust Lock me? that in. All right. So the, the first generation Corvette body, which they made from 53 to 62, had the, well, the first generation didn't have it, but it had the, like, the, the braces looking grill. Yeah. And with then the, with the circle, <clears throat> the later ones had like the side scallops cut out. Sixty mm-hmm. three um, transitioned more towards the ones with like the the bubble um, in the in the hood. So, um, I mean, would this maybe be like a a spoiler or or some kind? I'm trying of... to remember, I don't know if it was the first one that because had... if it was called a fastback, if it, the spoiler makes sense, because that would add. To make it go faster, cutting wind resistance. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. The, or if there was the wings on the back. I can't remember if it was the first year that they did a split window or they did a solid window in the back. Or um, maybe it was the first year they did fuel injection. I'm trying to remember because I think the lower that, that engine sense. options had carburetors. I've actually driven uh, every body style of Corvette that's ever been made. Oh, a 63? I've driven a 63. Wow. It was not a fastback. It was a it was a convertible. It was uh, red. So close to being useful. <laughs> but it wasn't the big 427. It had right. the smaller engine. Do you um, want to do you want to go with fuel injection? Uh yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. I sadly don't remember. 
We are locked in with fuel injection. I may have underthought this. Um, I love the 53 Corvette. Uh, it's one of my favorites. And then when my dad and I used to see Corvettes all the time, he would say, uh, oh, that one's a special Corvette. It's got a split window. Mm-hmm. And so I put split window. That's correct. It is the split window 63 because whatever injection they had, the convertible would have had the same under the hood stuff as the fastback. It was just that split window in the wow. in the fastback bottle. Well, they had what, a couple. What do you mean when you say split window? So the, the rear window is two pieces of glass like a, oh, with okay. a divider. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I that, thought it yeah. was the split window, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, all all the yeah. other Stingray models after that with the the aerodynamic nose and everything had the single back window starting right then. Yeah, the reason I knew that, uh, like I said, I was yeah. my dad and I would point it out, and then my favorite uh, Hot Wheel at the time was the split window Corvette, mm-hmm. and I never really understood what the big deal was, so I was like, oh, it's just a window, but it, it kind of stuck with me. All right, going into the swing round, uh, House on Dooley Hill is up 60 to 40 over our, us jackals, I guess. Is that what we are? <laughs> yeah, they call us the jackals. They call uh, you the jackals. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> Well, we said at the beginning of the show that Dustin was a champion uh, on our Bloodsport bonus mini series, uh, which was brought to you by Patreon. So, Jeff, can you just tell a little bit about Patreon really quick, uh, just for those who may have not heard it before? I don't know how you, how you would have missed it before, but uh, <laughs> if you uh, have missed it or you haven't thought about it yet, uh, you can join Dustin and uh, quite a number of other people who support the show directly at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, we have incentives for you there. Uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month, and it brings all the wonderful things like keeping the lights on here and also things like our bonus miniseries, which uh, we'll be doing season two pretty shortly. We're going to be drawing our names only from those people who support us on Patreon and would like to be on the show. So if that's uh, maybe a little more of an incentive, hopefully it is, um, you can do that. We've got great bonus episodes, discounts on merchandise. Why not? Now's the time. And if you feel so inclined uh, to fork over the big bucks, we're getting our loot boxes ready. Yeah, and my favorite thing on the show is to put Matt on the spot. Matt, uh, <laughs> Matt is working on the loot crate right now. Yes, I am currently putting items in a box. Yeah. Mystery <laughs> items. Mystery items, that's correct. Uh, and also, uh, come join us over at The Crop, our Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. More people have been joining uh, you know, come hang out with the the kids over at the cool lunch table. Mm-hmm. It's a big table. It's a big table. Talk about farming. Yeah, farming. A lot of gifts. A lot of uh, corn. Corn. Yeah, some tomatoes and uh, fried green tomatoes, preferably. But I know everything there is to know about 18th century agrarian business. Okay, so. there you go. Well, yeah, come join us, uh, Dustin. What do you have in store for us today? For the swing round, I've got a question about magazines. Hmm. Are these the kind that you kept under your bed or no? <laughs> Yes, I've got some on there right now. all the butt questions. Let's, say. <laughs> um, let's pretend like I still have print magazines and that they're not just a huge waste of paper. <laughs> if it was me, it'd be like Entertainment Weekly and People. So <laughs> boring. So so it's a waste of paper and mind. That's an that's an incredible transition. So fellas, for two points each, name ten of the fellas that have been named as people's sexiest man alive in the 21st century. Or since 2000, to avoid the arguments about when the century began. Oh, since 2000, you said? Yes. Okay. Three of them have made this, their second appearance on the cover during this time period. Two points each for up to ten. Okay, okay. sure. Sounds good. Do you want to leave or you want to stay here? You just do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to do it. All right, Jeff. What do you know about sexy men? Everything. <laughs> Great. I'm looking at one now. Hey. We are we are locked in. We have a bunch of men who, if they aren't on the list, deserve to be. Yeah. So 
Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. All right, everybody has had some time to discuss these sexy men, and uh, we're locked in. Looking over at their list, I'm surprised how little overlap there is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking over at uh, your guys' list. I don't know why you just wrote John Malkovich 10 times. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. But uh, I think uh, what we're going to do here is just run down our lists, and uh, he'll let us know if we're correct or incorrect, and then Fill he'll the give gaps. us the full list uh, Yep, when it's done. We would love to read the list. Uh, I almost had it. That's a pretty good job. That wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever correct me. You could almost beat him. All he does is over-enunciate. I don't know if he's that good of an actor, but... uh, He's got his shtick. He's got his shtick. All right, so um, we'll start off with our first one, which was uh, George Clooney. We also had Clooney on our list. So Clooney, in 2006, made his second appearance on the list at age 45. All All right. All right. Uh, for our second, we put Chris Hemsworth. We also had Chris Hemsworth. In 2014, Chris Hemsworth at age 31 made the list. All right. Good start. And this is where our lists diverge. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatically. Uh, so we said uh, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Nope. No. Gosling. <laughs> there is no, no Ryan Gosling on oh, this list. Travesty, In- but incorrect list. Ken is upset about that one. Uh, our next one platonically. is platonically. <laughs> uh, our next one is one of my favorite uh, people in the world, and that would be Dwayne Johnson. In 2016, at age mm. 44, Dwayne Johnson. All right, we had Ryan Reynolds as our next one. Uh, Ryan Reynolds in 2010, way before Deadpool, at age 34, right. uh, didn't Lantern. receive it. I knew one of the. Ryan's I actually think actor. that was pre Green Lantern, also. Wow. Next, we're going to go with one of Jeff's favorite people, Blake Shelton. Yeah, that's, I think, the consensus dumbest recent choice. That was the most <laughs> recent at age 41, uh, yeah. 2017, Blake Shelton. 
Sorry for throwing you under the bus. Red, there, red, Jeff. red, 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 neck. <laughs> is that a song? It is one of his songs. Oh, okay. He also has one where he just says "chew tobacco spit" a whole bunch of times. He's a, it is the it, same song. It, is <laughs> it really? He's a classy yes, dude. It is. <laughs> all right. Um, so after hearing all the the years for these most recent ones, I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but we had Chris Pratt on there. That it does not appear on the list. Uh, for our next uh, person, uh, we will go with uh, who James Corden in a skit uh, for The Greatest Showman called Huge Jackman. <laughs> yes, in 2008. That is a correct pick. He wasn't even fully ripped then. Yeah, he, he was wasn't. a medium Jackman. He just got increasingly <laughs> ripped over the years. <laughs> well, in, in contrast to that, we went with uh, Small Hanks, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> If he ever did, it definitely was not in the current century. So sad. Uh, our next is a um, castmate of Blake Shelton, Adam Levine. In 2013, that's true. Mm. At age age 34, since I've been saying him. That tiger tattoo, apparently. All the Boy, my like God, it. there's not a lot of points in this round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went with Bradley Pitt. Uh, in 2000, that was his second appearance right. at age 36. So he yeah. hasn't been on in quite a while, but he did make this cut. Ooh. Good year for Brad Pitt. So we thought Brad Pitt was on this list, but we crossed it out for this person, uh, who is a favorite of mine, uh, who is David Beckham. That's the 2015 at age 40. You got all the most recent ones. Yeah. I'm really keeping up. Oh, I subscribe. He has a <laughs> subscription. Under his bed. Is- yeah, that's right. See, Justin's listening. Just this issue. <laughs> now moves from the coffee table to the bed. So. All right. Um, I'm only so... paying attention for password hints that I can use to break into your stuff later. <laughs> this is like those guys that. It's uh, like the uh, third show in a row somebody's mentioned the possibility of doing that. <laughs> uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting worried. <laughs> we're all. It's Russians. like those guys, those men or women, I should say, who get the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, but they don't buy any other Sports yeah. Illustrated all year. I just buy the People's Sexiest Man Alive oh. issue. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so we had as our next choice uh, Robert Downey Jr. No sirs. Mm. No. Nope. Nope. Robbed. Uh, our next one uh, is going to be Matthew McConaughey. In uh, 2005, mm. he keeps getting older and they stay the same age. <laughs> 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 Playing his, his congas and his bongos. That's right. All right. All right. All right. Um, we went with Denzel Washington. So having listened to your conversation, I think it's important to note that People Magazine's idea of diversity involves sometimes Canadian. And so, no, definitely not Denzel on this list. So Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds is the diversity on this list? And Hemsworth as an Australian, yeah. That's true. I think think technically Dwayne Johnson is the closest thing to diversity on this list. That's a a real shame. Yeah, that should be Idris Elba this year, but... Heck yeah. That was another one I was thinking of. Idris every year. Yeah. That would be good. Um, our next one platonically. is... Platonically. Platonically. No, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> number, I'm hoping to go for a perfect 10 here. And this next one I'm a little unsure of, so I hope it's not going to uh, mess up our style here. But uh, we put Ben Affleck. 2002. Oh, man. Daredevil time. So is that a back tattoo? Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't know when he got that. That thing. was... Uh, the Phoenix. Scotty doesn't know era, right? Wasn't... Eurotrip? Yeah. Same. Could have been around that time. Just for the record, and I'm not kidding when I say this, Neil has an enormous back tattoo that we always forget about, but he takes off his shirt every now and again to go swimming, and we're like, oh my God, I forgot. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I just have a little tiny one. Um, So based on those last conversation we just had, I'm 100% sure this is incorrect, and we said Jamie Foxx. 
for the exact same reason, you are 100 percent correct. That you're that you're 100 percent incorrect. Great in like the Ray era. (laughs) Yeah, I could totally see it. Uh, So for our final um, answer here, uh, we're gonna go with the uh, newly single um, Magic Mike Channing Tatum. Mm. That is true as well. 2012. You guys really did nail the last like seven in a row. Neil knows his sexy ass men. He nailed ten men. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say it's not the first time. (laughs) Well, let's say that. Uh, Oh, it won't be the last. All right. So we managed to cobble together eight points in that round while you guys added 20. So we're professional cobblers. I'm just glad that that was only worth two points a piece. Yeah. And I'm glad I actually uh, contributed to that list somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, Ken did. Ken was naming some people off the top. Like Blake Shelton, which I never would have remembered, but mm-hmm. he got, because that's because Ken likes a rough and tumble. Type <laughs> yeah. Guy. Uh, so which ones just did we guy miss? guy in flannel. So uh, to run through the ones you missed, 2001 was Pierce Brosnan at 48. Uh, Johnny Depp had his first and second in this time period in 2003 and 2009. Uh, Jude Law in 2004, Matt Damon in 2007, and then I think the only other one we didn't hit yet was Bradley Cooper in 2011. Oh, I forgot about the Cooper. I, sa- I said um, Bradley. Cooper. I thought about Bradley Cooper, but we didn't write it down. Dang! I thought you were going to call him the Coop. Like I forgot about the Coop. <laughs> we're good friends. Yeah. Star right. is born. Well, nice. That was fun. So uh, dig into round two. So in the second round, number one is a question about flat butts. Geologically, a mesa is a flat-topped hill with a top wider than its height, and a butte is a flat-topped hill with a top that is narrower than its height. What is the Wyoming butte made famous by Richard Dreyfuss and some mashed potatoes, which is coincidentally also the first designated U.S. national monument? I'm locked in. Mm-hmm. So this is got it. You, do you know it? I'm trying to remember. It's the it's the what? He doesn't know, it's but he can it. sculpt it. With yeah. trash and this, dirt. This one is oft mentioned. Yeah, it's yeah. mentioned a lot because it's in. Um, uh, it's in AR, AI, artificial intelligence. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong Spielberg. Movie. Ready Player with, One. With Joe. <laughs> I said ET. You <laughs> <He> said AI. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously Minority Report. Um, Schindler's List. Uh, I don't. I don't know the name of this thing. I just know it's from that movie. But that's all I know about it. So. I don't do well under pressure. I'm like the opposite of a diamond. Uh, it's from Close Encounters. I know that. Okay. It's from a brief encounter. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, this uh, this mountain was used uh, during a toured love affair that ended at a train station. That doesn't mean anything to me. So this is Brokeback Mountain? What no. Is this? Um, All toured love affairs do involve butte stuff. Mm. <laughs> ah, that was well done, sir. That's where that is. Did you pen. get ink all over the place? No. Pen broke? You got... <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll tap out. It's. I'm so sad that I can't remember yeah. the name of it. But uh, I feel bad, Jeff. No, it's Rock Lobster is what you're putting Fine. down. All right. Well, it has been said many times on the show. It is Devil's Tower. Mm. That's true. Nice work. I didn't know uh, what the teams would be, or I wouldn't have stacked all the questions so decisively on that far end of the table. Oh, that's okay. Well, we're never we're never a team, so we're like, oh, let's just try it today. Yeah. Yeah, it's going well. Maybe one day uh, me and Jeff will team up, too. <laughs> the dream. Number two is a question about packing much back. What is the common American term for the industrial utility vehicle that the UK and its former territories calls a tipper lorry? We're locked in. Oh, good. I think I got it. Oh, if you do? they're locked. Um, dump truck, right? Yeah, I would think so, because it tips... 
Dump truck. Dump truck sounds good. Yeah. I believe dump truck sounds mm. correct. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's all we said. That yeah. is what you said. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. It was a dump truck. Number three is a question about shaking it. Mm. So this is a two-part pop culture question, and both parts are required for points. Okay. So as of 2003, what's cooler than being cool? Okay. And part two is what brings all the boys to the yard? Put together sounds sounds refreshing. It does. <laughs> Reluctant. Uh, so it brings all the boys to the yard. Uh, it's my milkshake or milkshake. Uh, cooler cool. than being cool is uh, ice cold. Uh, uh, what is? Oh, is that what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. Oh, ice cold all milkshake. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm? All right. All right. So yeah. yeah, our answer is ice cold milkshake. Yeah, it's a very refreshing ice cold milkshake. That is a perfect score all around. You guys bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Ken and I are just on the same wavelength today. Number four, a question about an L.A. face with an Oakland booty. Ooh. In sports, who was the owner of the AFC's Raiders when they first moved south from Oakland to Los Angeles? Don't look at me. Yeah, we're good. Well, I know that their GM is Reggie McKenzie. I'm trying to think of the... <laughs> That's very helpful. Uh, I know they see. just traded Khalil Mack to the to Bears. To the Bears, yep. Uh, In exchange for like a bajillion picks. I'm, kind of, I'm trying to remember if this is the dude with the weird haircut that looks like they put a bowl on his head. John Gruden? No. The other guy, the owner. This is a man who eats a quarter pounder for lunch every day of the year. Um, Are you helping them? That's not. He's not going to know what that means. That's a true story, though. I read an article on it. Okay, I'm not going to pull it. I know. I know who it is. I just. I Speaking can't think of, of his Reggie's. Name. Do you remember when Reggie Bush had a career? Mm. Uh, so the fact that I can't it's think of his Reggie name from the record books. For yeah, do you remember when he had a Heisman? Yeah, I do. <laughs> now someone else has it because they bought it on eBay. <laughs> um, oh, L. Al, um, uh, Al, uh, Pacino. Michael oh, Green. <laughs> Packa. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not going to get it, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say this former coach became an owner, which I know he didn't, but I'm going to say John Madden. Uh, just think, baby. That would have helped you. It's Al Davis. Al Davis. Yeah, that was close. So the guy with the haircut is the son of the Al Davis. That's the correct answer to this question. Is, is he the one that eats the quarter pounder every day? He looks like it. Al Davis does, yeah. Uh, Al Davis. So the original Al Davis uh, owned the team from 1972 to 2001. So he owned them when they moved down in in 82, and he still owned them when they moved back in 94. And then he died, and now his weird-looking kid has it. Yeah, he's a bit of a crypt keeper, Al Davis was, Yes, I recall. There's lots and lots of pictures online with the two of them next to each other comparing. Yeah. <laughs> Number five is a question about acting like an animal. Who was the original puppeteer and voice performer for the world-famous Muppet drummer, Animal? He appears unpuppeted in movies like Trading Places and The Blues Brothers. I got nothing better. I can't think of anybody else. I mean, he does. I think that's right. Well, our other option would be... Um, I yeah, I don't think he was in those movies. Well, I was going to say Jim Henson puppeted a we're lot. Lo- of the, yeah, we're locked in. A lot okay. of the Muppets. You're locked in. Uh, I know Frank, <clears throat> Frank Welker did a bunch of that and he does a lot of acting as well i could see frank welker doing it i I think that's probably better i don't think henson did animal when i think and he like he's known for doing animal noises so that would make sense to me so we're locked in with frank welker uh yeah it was either between um jim henson or what ken and i went with which was frank oz Mm. it is frank oz he was uh he was a policeman in trading places and uh 
the guy releasing Jake from prison, giving him his stuff back in the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And uh, so the reason I was so specific about original puppeteer and voice performer is that in the Muppet Babies, Howie Mandel and Dave Coulier took That's right. different shifts being his voice, of the voice of Baby Animal. Yeah, it was uh, Howie Mandel I read. Um, he would do the voice when Dave Coulier was in the theater with Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hear that whole song in Bobby, Bobby voice next oh, time. Oh, no, that sounds oh. like torture. <laughs> you ought to know that's a bad idea. Oh. <laughs> that's ironic. Number six, a question about scandal. Back in 1922, when the American people were still surprised by this sort of thing, President Harding's Secretary of the Interior, Albert Bacon Fall, became the first sitting cabinet secretary to go to prison. What was the name of the petroleum and land scandal that caused the fall of Fall? We're locked in. Uh, Teapot Dome? Oh, is that something? A teapot dome? That's a thing. um, Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, Teapot Dome. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to go with. Yeah. All right, teapot dome for us. I'm very sad that Ken was on your team, Neil, because this was actually a question during trivia on Wednesday. Um, it's teapot dome. Just to clarify, I was not there on Wednesday. I did not hear the question, and uh, Jeff still mentioned it to me, I think, last night. <laughs> uh, Otherwise, there's no way. I think you just said, like in passing, you said something about teapot dome. Otherwise, yeah. there's no way that would have come so to mind. For the record, <laughs> for the record I, there was... Yeah, because I was like, um, it was a bunch of pop culture stuff, and I was like, but I was useful for two questions. There was a science question and a history question, and the history question was mother. <laughs> uh, Teapot Dome is correct. I can't believe I managed to get two Wyoming questions in the same quiz, but uh, Teapot Dome was an oil field in Wyoming that was traded off for illegal favors and things. Well, when you think butts, you think Wyoming. Yeah. And domes and teapots. And. So number seven, um, I actually had to substitute an answer because I was just listening to uh, your episode that Dave Nelson hosted there in the house, and he asked almost the exact same question I was about to ask. So I've got a substitute that uh, Ryan Myers provided to me. Uh, number seven is a question about Playboy. Playboy of the Western world, Endgame, and Pygmalion are all theatrical works written by playwrights from what country? Neil, my only um, in way of this is knowing the country that Pygmalion takes place in, mm-hmm. and that's the country I would guess, but I don't know the authors of any of these. So apart from that, you choose, and we'll lock with whatever he says. That was also what I was thinking, but I don't know. Well, then, then let's lock in, because I don't think talking okay. about it's going to get us anywhere. Um, I doubt it. What country are you talking about? England. Yeah, well, I know it's in England, um, but I, I feel like it's either... I don't know why George Bernard Shaw is coming to mind and uh, Oscar Wilde. Oh, so you think they're Irish? If George Bernard Shaw is Irish, he is. I, I would think. maybe go Ireland. All right, let's go Ireland. I don't have any thunder, but Ireland for us. Hmm. We were basing it pretty much off Eliza Doolittle being English, right? Yeah, 100%. I, don't, I don't know. So we said England. Uh, George Bernard Shaw did write Pygmalion, and he is Irish. Uh-huh. And so is uh, John Millington Singe wrote Playboy of the Western World, and Beckett wrote Endgame, and they're all Irish. Nice. So I'd like to tell you guys the original question. You're welcome to keep it in or cut it out as you wish. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original question was, name the poet and cartoonist responsible for The Missing Piece Meets (laughs) the Big O, who also worked as a columnist and cartoonist for Playboy magazine for over 40 years. When he wasn't winning Grammys for songs for Johnny Cash or getting Oscar nominations for songs for Meryl Streep. 
Come well, on. That was a while back. That's where that the was, sidewalk ends. Yeah, Shell Silverstein. Yeah. That was a while back, though, that one. Well, yeah. I just heard it this weekend, but yeah, you guys have got that one so quickly, yeah. and I didn't have any... Mine was a little more obscure, but not much. We've, we've asked uh, uh, the Shell Silverstein and Johnny Cash thing a couple different ways. I feel like that's come yeah, up perhaps. a couple different times. I don't know about that. Maybe just in I know that I've definitely asked it. Eight, is a question about silicon parts made for toys. The elastic, and it turns out, as I found out the hard way, meltable 70s toy Stretch Armstrong turns out to be filled with a gel made not of silicone, but of what substance marketed by the company Caro? It's the stickiest known to man. That's all I know. It's sticky? It's very sticky. Hmm. I never had the Stretch Armstrong. I had the red guy that you had to pump up, and then you could, like, Oh, he was great. Ooh, I had both the red guy and Stretch Armstrong. That guy was great. It's one that you had to pump up. Was that the Lance Armstrong? (laughs) (laughs) It's the the Mark McGuire, because he's a red guy. (laughs) So, okay, so that, brief aside, the guy, there's a a collector who paid about $2 million, and he owns each of the record-breaking balls from that year? Yeah, it's the dude who did Spawn. Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, Can you think of a substance that would be sticky? Can you ask a question about Spawn? No? Okay. If it was in the song, you could. Yeah, I don't know. We can just lock in with a guess if you want. Maple syrup. Okay. We're in with maple syrup. All right. So what were you thinking? uh, Interestingly, he said syrup because Caro makes Caro syrup. Um, If it's the same company I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, But what's, what's something really tacky? What did they used to put on like NFL players' hands? That I mean, that was like, uh, well, it's called. It was like a stickum, but I don't know what what it was. Just I, think back to Little Giants. Yeah, well, that and that's what that was. Presuming it's sticky. I, I yeah, I mean, it, it is like. Oh, it's sticky. Yeah, if you've ever, I mean, if you like cut it open, that's that's what it was. I mean, it just. Or it, ine- inevitably, after a week or two, when it broke open. <laughs> yeah, when it rips and then it doesn't extend anymore. Yeah, I've got no idea. It's all not, I know about it's not edible. I'll tell all you I know that. All but. I know about Caro is they make Caro syrup. Okay, well then just <laughs> lock it with Caro syrup. <laughs> Fine, locked in. I've got to decide whether I'm going to accept that, and I don't think that I can, um, because I, I don't know that Caro provides the stuff that's in Stretch Armstrong, but it is corn syrup. You guys are mm. dancing all around it, and. Uh, that's what Caro makes is corn syrup. Caro's just the brand name. Yeah, that's fair. I'm actually shocked that it's corn syrup. I thought it was totally synthetic. Yeah, mm. that's, that's, that's interesting. Nine is a question about juicy doubles. What is the name of the West Coast fast food juggernaut with a double-double that is slowly making its way toward the middle of the country? They promise Colorado is next. Those are good burgers, Walter. Neil's, are lock- Neil's mm-hmm. locking in. Mm-hmm. We're in. We're yeah, in. And I prefer it animal style, uh, but we're going in and out. It is in and out. I'm on board with you with the animal style. That's the best way to go. And might I say really quick, when you actually listen to Baby Baby's Got Back, uh, th- these uh, these lines come at you so fast that you miss them. Yeah. But now that he's saying them one after another, just like slowly, I, I can really appreciate the tune. Yeah. Are you saying that it took you till question 19 to realize that I was doing all the lyrics on the song? No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I've, I've never isolated the phrase juicy double before. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a winner. You're saying do it like they do on the Discovery Channel? Yeah. Wait, wrong song. <laughs> you guys said that I, I will go write a Bloodhound Gang themed quiz just for you. <laughs> Can we go further niche? This question is sweat, baby, sweat. <laughs> what gland under your armpit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now you have to do it. So, yeah. I seriously think I'm going to. That's fantastic. Yeah, do it. 
So the final question of regulation is number 10, a question about Flojo. Ah. Three-time Olympic track and field gold medalist Florence Griffith married an Olympic medalist and in doing so became sister-in-law to another three-time Olympic track and field gold medalist. What is her name? The, the sister-in-law's name. I think so. Does that I name, think does that name I were locked in. I'm pretty sure that she married uh, Michael Johnson, who was a track and field guy in the 90s. Okay. Um, I don't know who the sister would be, but I'm guessing the last name would also be Johnson. Maybe. We're gonna we're gonna lock in with a with the old Lucky Johnson. Uh, okay. Uh, so I know that um, Flojo, I believe it was the '88 Seoul Olympics. I know she won like the hundred and I think two hundred meter. She was like the fastest woman in the world at the time. She still might be a, a, in that event. Uh, Ken and I were saying uh, the name Joiner. Jackie Joiner. What was mm. the last name? It might have been Jackie Joiner Kersey. Kersey. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just gonna go Joiner Kersey. Yeah. Okay. That's much more right. <laughs> Yeah, Flojo was Florence Griffith Joyner. She married Al Joyner, whose sister was oh. Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Oh, nice work. Off. All right. It's the only track and field uh, runner I know. <laughs> All right, going into the final, uh, House on Dulé Hill is up 160 to us jackals, or they're calling us jackals because we only have 98 points. <laughs> Uno noche. <laughs> Just give me one more night. Uh, yeah, so uh, take us to the final round here, Dustin. Okay, so the first question is a question about Honda. The second question is a question about Fonda. The third is a question about Anaconda. The fourth is a question about Rwanda. And the fifth is a question about Wakanda. All right. Nice. Okay, after due consideration, all the bets are in. Wagers. It's fine. Same thing. (laughs) We're not branding that like we're branding game versus no, show. Same. It's literally the same exact meaning. Yeah. It is not. All right. Who cares? Number one is a question about semantics. A question about Honda. E Honda is the sumo wrestler with the hundred hand slap and the butt smash move in the classic Street Fighter Two, which is created by which which Japanese video game developer? Number two is a question about Fonda. Name all of the Fondas that appear in the 1981 many Oscar-nominated film on Golden Pond. A question about Anaconda. The absolutely zero Oscar-nominated film Anaconda stars one big pop star and one big hip-hop star. Name them both. A question about Rwanda. The Virunga National Park in Rwanda and Uganda is home to the majority of the world's mountain gorillas. Name the famous primatologist that was murdered by poachers while studying them. A question about Wakanda. Which came first, the Black Panther Party or the Marvel character Black Panther? Okay, we will be uh, right back after discussing our answers. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, 
shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Baby got fat. Okay, all the answers are now locked in after some discussion. So it's time to get those questions one more time and feed those answers back. A question about Honda. E-Honda is the sumo wrestler with the 100-hand slap and the butt smash move in the classic Street Fighter II, which was created by which Japanese video game developer? Well, uh, we wagered 10 on this one, which I'm disappointed in because I thought it was going to be a car question. Uh, That's Capcom. Uh, we wagered 15 and thinking about the classic Marvel versus Capcom with the Street Fighter characters, we said Capcom. Okay, it, it is Capcom, you're correct. All right. And I love the crossover Marvel Capcom games also. Yeah. I don't know what voice you were doing earlier, but could you say Candy Cane? Candy Cane. Yep, you're the guy from Joyride, I knew it. A question about Fonda. Name all of the Fondas that appear in the 1981 many Oscar-nominated film on Golden Pond. Uh, we wager 20 on this one. Um, Ken had never heard of this movie, um, but um, this one, uh, famously, I believe it's uh, Catherine Hepburn's last Oscar that she won. Henry Fonda won in this Oscar, or won in this movie for an Oscar. Jesus. Henry Fonda won an Oscar for this movie, and then uh, Jane Fonda uh, was nominated for an Oscar, and I, be- I don't know. I, I can't remember if there's a cameo from Bridget or Peter or whatever, but I know for sure Henry and Jane are in it, so I said Henry and Jane. That's what we said, right? Yeah, very confident. So confident that we wagered zero on that one, but we did go Henry and Jane. Everybody's correct. <laughs> nice. It's Henry and Jane, yeah. Oh, come on. That was a guess. We weren't going to get any points. I know. <laughs> a question about Anaconda. The absolutely zero Oscar-nominated film Anaconda stars one big pop star and one big hip-hop star. Name them both. So uh, we wagered... 20 on this one as well and uh ken originally wanted to go with the pop star john voight and the rap star owen wilson in the movie but uh, we actually went with uh, j-lo and ice cube john uh, voight doing an outrageous accent uh we bet zero on this and what would have been a very different movie if it was ll cool j and kylie minogue <laughs> it's bizarro <Sorry>. anaconda <laughs> I was going to ask a follow-up about what actual Oscar-nominated person was in there, but it was the big hip-hop star, John Voight. So uh, it was indeed J-Lo and Ice Cube, Mr. O'Shea Jackson. Mm -hmm. So a question about Rwanda. The Virunga National Park in Rwanda and Uganda is home to the majority of the world's mountain gorillas. Name the famous primatologist that was murdered by poachers while studying them. Well, we had uh, never heard this one Uh 
we wagered 10 on it. Um, we were pretty much all thinking of Jane Goodall until you said murdered. And so maybe it was uh, John Goodall. Oh. Her brother or husband or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> coincidentally, never gonna believe this. we wagered 15. And uh, we thought maybe she had a brother named James Goodall. <laughs> this turned out to be the funniest answers to the darkest question in the whole game. Yeah. Uh, this was the one that was Gorillas in the Mist with uh, Sigourney Weaver. It was Diane Fossey. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'd heard that. Jane Goodall studies chimpanzees, not mountain gorillas. Uh, fair enough. Also, yeah, but her brother. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked up whether she has brothers named James or John, but uh, I would hope so. Much less famous brother. A question about Wakanda. Which came first, the Black Panther Party or the Marvel character Black Panther? All right, we went uh, all in on this one for 30, and I was pretty sure that I had heard that uh, the Marvel character came first. We also wagered 30, and I was pretty sure that uh, it was also the character. So as you guys were talking, you were saying you thought it was maybe several years apart. The Fantastic Four number 52 was the first appearance of Black Panther, the character, in July 1966. The Black Panther Party was formed in October 1966, so they were just a couple months apart in the same year, and you guys are all correct for all the points. Wow. All right, after the final, uh, coming in second today, uh, a respectable 128 uh, is going to be... (laughs) I said a respectable second. All right, respectable second. I'm respecting ourselves. Uh, Us jackals (laughs) coming in with 128 in second, Uh, but today's cream of the crop, uh, House on Dulé Hill. Come yeah. in with 230. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Yeah, we said uh, internally here that if Ken and I were able to break 200, we would both be donning a cover of Triviality Sexiest Man Alive 2019. Sure. Pick pick one of the four of us. Mm-hmm. Pick your character. Yeah. If, if you make it a really high Patreon level, I will draw that for you and give it out as a gift to those guys. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. That's a great idea, actually. I like that. It is not. Nobody <laughs> wants that. I want it. <laughs> Dustin can draw me For like one of, of the French girls. Vanity. <laughs> like one of the French girls on his huge back tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. This is now Neil's vanity project. All right. If everyone wants to know, been. the back of my the, the tattoo on my back is of James Cameron's hands drawing Kate Winslet on the Titanic. <laughs> wow. I thought it was an entire prison map. Uh, well, yeah, it was, but then I had to I had to draw over it. Change so. it for season two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Little does Neil know while he's sleeping, it's like the map in Harry Potter. I keep changing it. <laughs> well, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. That was a really fun game. Thanks, guys. I hope that you liked it. I liked it. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Uh, we are anxiously awaiting the uh, uh, what's the name of Bloodhound Gang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad, we, bad touch is the name of the song, and I seriously do think that I want to write that now because that's going to be amazing. A potential bad touch, uh, re, uh, what would you say, a sequel to this game? Yeah, see, yeah, sequel. I feel like Spiritual Dustin. Successor. Since we talk about wrestling a lot, this should be Dustin's gimmick: uh, is that you you only take one song and then you write an entire game based off of it. You know what? I might do that for my games from now on. It's funny that to, you say that just because to it get seems, some ideas. <laughs> it seems like a great way to do it because you know what would be an ultimate game would be we didn't start the fire. Mm. For Paul, all, all history. Yeah. And then I might actually learn all the names in that damn song. <laughs> it only comes up once an episode. Uh, Dustin, where can people find your artwork uh, if they haven't checked it out already? People should go to dustinresh.com to find my artwork. And I know that's a real easy one to spell. So it's uh, D U S T I N R E S C H.com. 
Uh, and all you uh, people who work in the book industry, uh, as uh, it, it often happens this way uh, with who you know, uh, if any of you know anyone uh, who is looking for uh, illustrators for books, for children's books, reach out to Dustin at DustinRush.com because he's good and he needs uh, needs the work he, from you guys. He needs some work. I also know, you know, it, we're probably about two months out from Christmas. If anybody really wants to spoil me, that beautiful Thanos painting in the background, uh, I could put that on my Christmas list. So, okay. Gentlemen I have gift ideas now. My Christmas list. Perfectly li- balanced. Perfectly balanced. My Christmas list way. is a drawing of myself on a fictional People's Sexiest Man Alive episode. Sounds good. <laughs> Next yeah. All right. Well, thanks again uh, for joining us today. Uh, for the gentlemen in the studio, Jeff, Neil, Matt, and myself, that was Triviality. This guy's walking down the street when he falls in the hall. The walls are so steep he can't get out. A doctor passes by and the guy shouts up, Hey, you, can you help me out? The doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hall, and moves on. Then a priest comes along and the guy shouts up, Father, I'm down in this hole, can you help me out? The priest writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hall, and moves on. Then a friend walks by. Hey, Joe, it's me, can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. Our guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. The friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know the way out.